Um, this is this. What this is is the second in God willing a, a three unofficial mini series about the works of the Holy Spirit. So we started out with the work of illumination. And I was really excited about that one and still am because that is a very practical thing to speak about, to teach about. Because every time you open the Bible, which I hope is often, the, that applies. The work of the, the Spirit applies because he, we are asking Him, we need Him to illuminate our minds, understanding, so that we can see the truth of God. And so it's a very practical doctrine. But today, we are, we are covering one that is even more practical because it is happening even more of the time. So it's not just when you're reading the scriptures or even listening to a sermon for illumination, but this one is happening all the time. Sanctification, the work of sanctification is a constant process. You're in the process right now. Now, sanctification is a deep, somewhat murky doctrine, but it is very imminent. It is very practical. And so that's what we're going to look into today. And so let me pray and ask the Lord for help. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for uh, this opportunity to look into your word. Thank you so much, Lord, for the truths that we just sang about. Lord, for the, the, the plan, the mystery hidden for ages and generations. Thank you that it means our redemption, our forgiveness. And now, Lord, as we look to sanctification, we ask that you would help us to understand it rightly and to apply it the way you, Lord, would want us to. And so guide us in this time, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We're going to be guided in this sermon, just like the last one, with a definition that's going to guide us through. And here's the definition. Our definition is sanctification is the holyizing work of God worked through man with fear and trembling. There's four parts to that, what it is, who's involved, and the manner. That's what we're talking about today. Sanctification is the holyizing work of God worked through man with fear and trembling. And to start, um, we're starting, of course, with plagiarizing Pastor Steve. Because uh, the holyizing thing is his thing from a couple weeks ago. And so what Pastor Steve was saying is that uh, the word to sanctify in, in Greek is just the word holy, hagios, but with eyes on it. It's a verb. If you were going to radicalize, or if you're going to make someone radical, you'd radicalize them, right? If you want to turn someone into a lemon, you would lemonize them, right? You're going to, it's the, you're going to be, for this, holyized, made holy. You're going to, we're talking about being made holy. That's what sanctification is. And so a couple things about that. The, this one, the first one is obvious, and that is that you will at some point be holy. Isn't that awesome? You are going to be holy you will spend far more days holy, completely holy, than you ever will in sin. And praise the Lord for that. And then in addition, we're, we're holy. Well, what are we talking about? What are we going to be? We're going to be pure, right? That's one of the things that holy means. 100% sinless and pure. It says this in Revelation chapter 21, speaking of the new Jerusalem, it says, but nothing unclean will ever enter it nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. And you're going to be one of those people in there with nothing false, nothing detestable. 
You will not be false, detestable, or unclean. You will have no sin. Your favorite sin right now, whatever you're, you're, the one you struggle with constantly, you can look at that sin and say, this, its days are numbered. If you, you can look at that sin and say, that, I mean, that's not me. Like, I'm going to be without that for so long, for eternity. I'm going to be pure. Well, what else does holyizing mean? It means that you will be made to look like Christ. Romans 8.29 says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. To be holyized is to be made Christ-like, to be made like the Holy One, Jesus Christ. To be made like the Holy Son of God, filled with the Holy Spirit. And so the more we go through this process, the more you're going to think more like Jesus. You'll, you'll, your mind will be renewed. The more we go through this process, the more your emotional life will be more like Jesus. The more you'll have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Even your will, I mean, Jesus wants us to pray, thy will be done and thy kingdom come, and you will join Jesus Christ in that. It says in, in John that, well, Jesus says, it is my food to do the will of my Father. And as we are sanctified, as we are made more holy, we're made like Christ in that. And even your body, no, you won't be turned into a first century Jewish man, but like Jesus, you will have a glorified body to be sanctified is to be more and more and more like Christ. Abraham Kuyper was a renowned Dutch theologian. He was also the prime minister of the Netherlands from 1901 to 1905. That's an interesting mix. But this is what he said about sanctification, one of the many things he said about it. He says, sanctification is the reflection of Christ's form upon the mere surface of the soul. First in dim outlines, gradually more distinct, until the experienced eye recognizes in it the form of Jesus. To be holyized is to look more like Jesus. That's the process. And when does this process start? Well, this process started when you became a Christian, when you were regenerated by the Holy Spirit. There's a work of the Holy Spirit to talk about. And then you grow more and more holy with, with fits and starts kind of thing. We do, we do this pretty hard. We're, um, we struggle a lot in this life, but we, grow, we do grow more holy until next you die, but the process isn't over yet, not even at death. But death is important because when you die, you're indwelling sin. The old man and Adam is removed. Your disposition to sin is removed at death, and the process is complete when finally, at the, at the resurrection, you are given not just a holy disposition, but a holy body, a glorified body like Christ. That's what's happening. That's what's happening now. You're in that process, praise the Lord, if you are in Christ. Now, some people disagree with what I just said. Some people believe that sanctification actually ends while you're still breathing and that, that okay, Next Thursday, I'm going to be holy. I'm going to be without sin. I'm going to be Christ-like. Uh, they believe that. Um, when I was in college, there was a preacher who came, who came to the college. He would just go to different colleges and, and preach. And uh, during the course of his sermon, he said that he hadn't sinned in years. And I was surprised. That, that is what theologians call bananas. 
Here's what the Apostle John says in 1 John 1.8. It says, it says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. That's very clear. If we say we have no sin, oh, last Thursday I stopped sinning. I had my sanctification completion ceremony. I got a certificate. If we say we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves. This preacher was deceiving ourselves. We sin until death when our soul is perfect, and then in the resurrection our body will be perfect as well. Holyizing. What is it? It is becoming pure, Christ-like, and it is complete at the resurrection. That's what sanctification is. But now let's go back to our definition. One sec here. Sanctification is the holyizing work of God. It is a work of God. What I'm about to say is going to raise some spiritual red flags for some of you, and it should. But I'm going to ask you to suspend your disbelief for a few minutes as we work through this. Jason, what are you going to say that's going to raise red flags? Here it is. Sanctification cannot, cannot, cannot be a work of man. It can't be. On your own, you are dead in your trespasses and sins. You are totally depraved. Sin has infected every part of you. Telling a man or woman to be holy is like telling someone covered in mud, waist deep in a mud puddle, to clean themselves. All right, it, it just won't work. You can, you can squeeze a little bit of the mud off your shoulder, and now there's more mud on your forearm. You can squeeze some off your stomach, and now there's more mud on your thigh. You are covered in mud. Though you could do the Pharisee method if you want. What's the Pharisee method? Well, you could eat all the mud so that you, there's no mud on the outside, but on the inside, there is, you are, they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Didn't Jesus say they clean the outside of the cup, but not the inside? So you could do the Pharisee method, but guys, you're covered in mud. This is impossible. A fallen person, a fallen person, that's all of us, a child of Adam cannot be holy, not on their own. 1618, there was a national synod of the Reformed Churches of the Netherlands. I guess I'm in a Netherlands thing right now. Uh, in the Netherlands, they produced a document called the Canons of Dort, and it says this. It says, therefore, all people are inclined to evil, inclined, inclined to evil, dead in their sins, slaves to sin, so it's coming from the inside and the outside, Without the grace of, of the regenerating Holy Spirit, they are neither willing nor able to return to God, to reform their distorted nature, or even to dispose themselves to such reform. That's pretty bad. There is no true holiness coming from man apart from God. What some people could do is, you, you know, you can trade a, really, a sin that the culture really hates for a sin that the culture doesn't mind as much. But no, we are not holy Sanctification is really this, works the same way as illumination, right? So illumination, we're blind until the Spirit moves and opens our eyes. Well, in sanctification, we are unholy until the Spirit works. This is a work of God. And let me show you what it looks like here. 1 Corinthians 3. Paul says, I planted. That's he, he ministered the gospel. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. Plant all you want, 
Water all you want, but if God does not give the sanctifying growth, you will remain unholy. You will remain covered in mud and in evil. Even after you're saved, friend, you still have remaining sin in you. If the Holy Spirit does not work, you're toast. So sanctification cannot be a work of man. For the, the, before God, the best man, the best woman in the world can only say, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips among a people of unclean lips. That's where we are. It's a work of God. And so, so Jason, if it's a work of God, the scriptures should say that, right? Well, yes, they do. Let me show you. 1 Thessalonians 5, this is a blessing, but here's what it says, something very instructive. He says, now may the God of peace himself, what, sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. He who called you is faithful. He will surely do it. It is God himself who will sanctify you completely. Or this, 1 Corinthians 1.30. I love this. I love this. You could just five sermons could be preached on this one text. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. Jesus became sanctification to us. We do not work our way to achieve sanctification. The sanctification, the holyizing in our lives is purchased by Christ and then given to us. That's how it works. It's from him. And if you want to ponder something deeply, it's actually his very sanctification that he gives us through union with him. If Jesus doesn't die on the cross, no sanctification. You're toast. And if Jesus dies on the cross and God doesn't then give that to you, you're also toast. So the Spirit of God has to apply the sanctification to you. Here's Romans 8, 13. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. All right? In the Jason version of the Bible, it says, if you live according to the flesh, you are toast. <laughs> but if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. All right, how will it go for you if you put the death the deeds, try to put the de to death the deeds of the body without the spirit? Again, it's like wiping mud off of yourself while you are standing in a mud puddle covered from head to toe. You need something from outside to cleanse you. One more verse on this. One more verse on this, and this one's important. It's going to pretty much take us through the rest of the sermon. Philippians 2, 12 and 13. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, do what, Paul? Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Remember the canons of Dort? They said you're not even going to want to do holy things. It is God who works in you to will and to work for his good pleasure. If, if during this sermon, you, you, well, if you leave this sermon with more motivation for holiness, it is the work of God and not you stirring it up. God works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. 
All right. Um, and, you, and you might be like, Jason, uh, this verse isn't, isn't talking about sanctification, it's talking about salvation. But every single guy I've listened to on, on, and read about sanctification always brings up this verse. Uh, this verse isn't about initial justification. This verse isn't about, okay, I'm saved by working out my own salvation. God has put the salvation in, and now you work it out. You manifest it in the world around you. God has put salvation in, and now... What is that? That's sanctification. Now you become holy and you work on and you do holy acts of those things around you. So this is a this is a verse not that isn't heretical, but is um, about sanctification. And then it even says, "Work out your sanctification with fear and trembling." But um, before we get there, we have some application. Sanctification just like illumination, just like salvation, just like revival in the land, just like your kids coming to Christ, just like this worship service being useful. It's a, it's a work of God. It is him that holyizes us from start to finish. And if indeed that is true, then you can rest knowing that God is sanctifying you. Have you been in this, this Christian thing for a while and maybe disappointed in yourself with how far you've gotten? God is at work. God is working. Rest. John Piper is a pastor. No, he's not a pastor. I don't know. He's John Piper. He, uh, I guess he just works for Desiring God right now. Um, he was asked, what makes him doubt his faith? Like, if, if hypothetically, John Pastor, if, you, if something was to make you doubt your faith, what would it be? He didn't say evil and suffering in the world. He didn't say evolution or something like that. He said the slowness of sanctification. It feels slow. But take heart, brothers. God is willing and working. He is giving growth in his time. He will complete this process. Secondly, uh, application number two for this point, um, you just don't get to be prideful if this is true. All right, you don't get to be prideful about your level of holiness. You get to claim no glory for how sanctified you are. If you're looking around the room thinking, I read my Bible way more than everyone else in this room, you don't get to claim glory for that because it is just God's gift to you. It is that God has worked in you. God has so sanctified you. God has so blessed you and given you clear vision that you read the scriptures more. If God has so worked in you that you pray for an hour a day, you don't get to be proud about that. You get to say, thank you, Lord, and, and know that you're only doing your duty. It is all him. If you gossip less than others, if you do any sin less than others, you don't get to claim that and have pride over that. You say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for grace. And so we lose our pride. Oh, I want this to be true of us. We would be people peaceful and humble as we pursue sanctification. And then thirdly, pray. All right, if he's the one who does it, ask him to do it. I'm reading this book by a guy named, oh, it's not by him, some of it's by him, it's a biography. Robert Murray McShane, you know McShane, Andrew? He's Scottish, yeah. Good, I, I'm Scottish, whatever. All right, so is Andrew. All right. So, so McShane was a, a Scottish pastor who died when he was 29, but he left a big mark on the world. And he's probably best known for this prayer. Lord, make me as holy as a pardoned sinner can be. 
make me as holy as a pardoned sinner can be. Is that something that you pray about? Is that a prayer that you've prayed? I will give you Pastor Stan's car if you pray that prayer. Like, it's like, let's be a people who who pray for holiness because it is him who can do it. Might not have been serious about Pastor Stan's car. All right, back to our definition. Sanctification is the holyizing work of God and now worked through man. Okay, so let's, let's bring out those, those red flags again because um, we're going to talk about that. And we'll do so through Philippians 2 again. So he says, let's say, much more in my absence, work out your own salvation. Work out your own salvation. So I want to give you a, di- a different way to think about sanctification. You might have heard that last part of the sermon and said, okay, so before I thought it was 50% God and 50% man. And now that I've heard Jason ramble on for a while, I think it's 70% God and 30% man. But that's, that's not what I'm talking about. That's not how I want you to view it. It is, of course, as God often does, 100% God and in a different way and in a lesser way, 100% man. I have a red van outside, and it's a red van. It's a big old red van. And if you said it's a green van, it is not true. Two things cannot be true at the same time in the same sense. But you can say that van is 100% red and 100% clean. Right? Like, it's not. I know it's not clean. Um, <laughs> but, you could, but those two things aren't mutually exclusive. They can be true at the same time, Right? Yeah, so it is with this. It is totally 100% God. It's nothing without God. He does all the work. He does all the stuff. He gives it to you. But friends, he does that. He does sanctification through you. Like that's how God works. When God splits the Red Sea, he splits it through Moses. When God judges sinful Judah, he does it through Babylon. God seldom does anything apart from a means. And in fact, when he does things apart from means, I think he's just using angels. That's what he does. And so how does God make you holy? Through you, through your actions, through your sin killing, through your meditation on the word, through your prayers, through your church attendance, through your Christian fellowship. All these things I just mentioned are tools in the hand of God to make you holy. Gabby made a nice uh, background for us, and it's like pottery world kind of thing. Because God is really the, the, the potter, you're being worked on, and you give, and these tools by themselves aren't going to do anything. Your prayer, prayer by itself, if the Spirit doesn't use it, it's not going to do anything. But in the hand of God, it can do much to make you holy. That's how it works. And this is pretty clearly spelled out in, in, verse, in Romans 8, 13, which you've already looked at, but let's look at it again. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die, your toast. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you do that. If you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. You have to find accountability. You have to meditate on Scripture. You have to stop watching the the TV show that tempts you. 
You have to do it. And as you do it, the Spirit works and makes you holy. And then you are in the process of sanctification. Does that make sense? Good. Praise God. All right. There's a, there's a group of people called the Quietists. A group of people called the Quietists. And they have a phrase that you've probably heard and you probably have used for benefit in your life. And their phrase was, let go and let God. Let go and let God. They were into that. And friends, when it comes to anxiety, please let go and let God. Please trust the Lord. That is your strength, trusting the Lord. But when it comes to holiness, that is not how it works. It is not let go and not God. It is a great deal of action in your life. Is there action? Is there action going towards your holiness? Is this one of the things on your mind that you think about? Oh, is this one of the things I pray that you pray about? God, make me holy. God, make me holy. With humility, but also with action. And then lastly, let's go back to our definition. Sanctification is the holyizing work of God, worked through man with fear and trembling. Now that with fear and trembling, that is an interesting phrase. It comes right out of Philippians 2, worked out, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works, right? And I was trying to figure out what that meant, and I'd look up different guys, talk about it and stuff, and I never really figured it out. Like, that's really intense, trembling, like fear. Is, am I, am I going to stand up on a, on a stage and tell everyone that they need to be fearful and trembling their whole life? Well, so to, to answer that question, I did what every good Bible study leader should do. I just made my Bible study guys answer it for me. Um, I have a Thursday night Bible study, and so we did an entire study looking at every, just about every verse in the Bible where fear and trembling are in the same verse. And it was awesome. I mean, I was really blessed by what my brothers said, but here's what we figured out. Fear and trembling is a phrase used when someone is supposed to obey the command of an authority figure with seriousness with seriousness, with activity, and with sincerity. It means obedience with seriousness, activity, and sincerity. So the, the best I can understand, this does not mean actual, like, shaking. You know, I asked my guys, all right, when was the last time you had fear and trembling? And one of them said, uh, it was before I, I was about, when, was when I was about to go and do a 35-foot jump on a motorcycle. So I don't want you to feel like that all the time. I don't want you to feel like you're about to do a 35-foot jump on a motorcycle um, all your life. Like, you'll die soon. You know, your, your, your blood pressure will go through the roof. That's not what I'm, what I think, it's not, it's not what I think it means. You know, you, you can't go around and tell who the Christians are because they're the ones shaking all the time, right? Like, that, that's not something that we do. And so the, the best I can figure it, not just because it's silly, but the best I really think in terms of what does it actually mean, um, this phrase is just roughly equivalent to our modern phrase, dead serious. Oh, I'm dead serious about that. They obeyed with fear and trembling. Pastor Jason, what should my attitude be towards my sanctification? You should be dead serious about your sanctification. 
You know, why doesn't it say, why doesn't it say joy? Why doesn't it say you should be full of thanksgiving? Just something extremely positive when it comes to how we're going to spend our days being sanctified. Well, to answer that, let, let, me, let me give you two fake conversations, because I, I, I think it's pretty clear. So you're talking to your friend. You're talking to Stu. Is anyone named Stu in here? Good. You're talking to Stu. All right. And, you're, and you guys are talking about the joys of being in Christ. You're talking about how much you love God. And then Stu says... Yeah, man. All right. By the way, tonight, as we, you know, celebrate Jesus, let's both have 14 shots of tequila. And then you respond, no, man, I'm actually dead serious about the don't get drunk thing. And then your friend says, oh, really? And you say, yeah, I'm actually actively studying verses about self-control. I'm asking my friends to keep me accountable. And Stu, trained in this world, says, isn't that legalism? And you say, no, I sincerely want to please the Lord. I love him. I want to obey him. And the more holy I am, the better my walk with him gets. I want to please my God. And so I'm serious about this. Now, do you see how you can have joy in Christ? You're supposed to rejoice in the Lord always. And be serious about killing sin and, getting, and being holy? Man, when it comes to things that keep you from God, be serious about those. So same thing. You're, you're talking to your ladies now. They're talking about the joys of being in Christ. You're talking about heaven. You're talking about all that good stuff. And then one of them starts gossiping about a neighbor. And you say, hey, actually, I'm dead serious about the no gossiping thing. Let alone the bitterness thing. Let's talk about something else right? It's the same thing. You, you, they say, what do you mean? You say, yeah, well, I'm striving against gossip. I pray daily that God will help me to notice it and steer away from it. Isn't that legalism? No, I love the Lord. I want to please him. This is how it is. Here's what we're saying, brothers and sisters. You can be joyful in Christ, thankful for the cross, living a life of love, and still be serious about pleasing your master in heaven. Just like, just like God working sanctification in you, which is like God working sanctification, you working sanctification, don't conflict. Neither does your joy in Christ and your seriousness about your sanctification. Let's not be soft on sin. Let's be dead serious about sanctification, about obeying the commands of God. Amen, indeed. All right, so let, let, me, uh, let me get to some objections now. Jason, I'm trying to live this Christian life. I heard it's a bundle of fun. Um, and I don't like this with fear and trembling stuff. Three objections. Objection number one that we've already touched on is legalism. Jason, what you're saying right now is legalism. Now, legalism, let's, let's get it clear. Legalism is making a rule where God does not make a rule. If God doesn't say Christians are not allowed to dance, then a pastor shouldn't say Christians are not allowed to dance saying, pretending that God said that, right? That can be an application in a sermon, it, but I don't know. What sermon is, gonna, is that going to be the application for? Whatever. Um, so, so don't make a rule where God doesn't make a rule. So working out your salvation with fear and trembling is not legalism because it is exactly what God said. 
if God said it, it cannot be legalism. Categorically, if it's actually a command of God, then it isn't man making up a command of God. It's not legalism. All right, categorically. There's objection number one. You guys got it. Praise the Lord. Objection number two. You could say, Jason, this is a recipe for guilt. I'm just going to walk around condemned and failing because I am a sinner. Jason, you're just setting me up for a really depressed week. Trying, trying, to, uh, trying to do these things, trying to be serious about sanctification, but I can't even do it, man. And so here's my response to that, all right? There must be a way to walk in freedom even as you obey. There has to be a way to do that. Or else Jesus would be wrong to command you anything. He would be wrong to do that. Paul would be wrong for commanding you anything. If it was impossible to walk in freedom and obedience, then anytime Peter says to do anything, he's wrong. He's just wrong. We shouldn't do that. No, there is a way to walk in obedience and to walk in freedom. And what is that way? It is the way of the cross. It is going to Christ for cleansing. It is living your life in repentance and empowerment of God. Again, Abraham Kuyper, he said that sanctification is the fruit of the cross. You keep looking to Jesus for cleansing. That guilt should really not be there by God's grace. May it not be there in our lives as we try to be sanctified. No guilt, no guilt in life, right? But Christ, Christ, Christ is, he is our joy, he is our cleansing. And by his strength, by his spirit, we can walk stumbling, but walk in obedience. Stumbling. You're going to remember the graph, remember the fits and starts? Right? You're not going to get it perfect. But by his grace, you will progress. Um. I'm going to start sounding like Pastor Steve now. Uh, evangelicalism in recent days, uh, we've gotten really into the gospel a lot, which has been cool, but we've picked up some bad habits. And so the whole thing of like, um, for justification, this is good. For the thing that, okay, I can't do this. I can't be saved by myself, but Jesus can. Praise the Lord. I won't try. It's him. I'm just going to look to him in faith, Right? I can't do it, Jesus can, so I won't. When it comes to justification, great. Just believe in Jesus Christ and be saved. When it comes to not stealing, that's not as good of a you know, way to do things. I can't, Jesus can, so I won't. Like, if they tell me not to steal, sorry, I can't. Look at Jesus, but I'm stealing right now. Like, that, that's a bad, that's not how it works, right? That, that shouldn't be how how we do things. And so when it comes to sanctification, uh, we don't just want to, we, we want to actually do the action. We want to actually shoot for holiness and not just say, I can't, Jesus can, so I won't. All right. Last objection. You guys are doing good. I'm telling you, you're doing good. You're doing good. All right. Objection number three is biblical evidence. And so, Pastor Jason, you're pulling a lot from a Bible verse that isn't about sanctification, doesn't have the word sanctification in it. Are you sure this fear and trembling is how we should do things? Thank you for asking. Let's go to some other places in Scripture here as we get towards the end. And so in these these verses, I'm just going to give you three. In these verses, we're looking for the seriousness thing. 
Remember, this is all of God, but I'm trying to tell you that to be serious about your sanctification. So let's see if that's legitimate. 1 Thessalonians 4. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. And he goes on, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passions of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. Do you feel the, the seriousness in that? Like Paul, Paul wants you to rejoice in Christ. But when it comes to this, this is the will of God, friends. This is why I can push this on you because it's his will that you be sanctified and he is serious about it. There's a serious tone to this. And notice the actions attached to it. Not, I can't, Jesus can, so I won't. And then next verse, 1 Peter 1, 14 to 17. This is just, this is gold, all right? As obedient children. Do you see yourself as an obedient child? Because that's what, that's what God is calling you. So as an obedient child, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Next slide. And if you call on him as father, and praise God for that. If you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. This is holiness and sobriety and seriousness and even fear. Like I said, I don't, I don't want you feeling like you're about to, to do a 35-foot jump on a motorcycle, but I want you serious about killing your sin. Last one. Strive. Go ahead and throw Hebrews up. Strive for peace with everyone. Great. Let's strive for peace with everyone. What else are we striving for? And for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. What is my activity like? Well, you're striving. You're striving for this. Do you hear the activeness, the seriousness? This is not just a Philippians 2 thing. This is a Bible thing. This is a sanctification thing. So when you hear a command from God, obey with seriousness. And let me give you an example of what, I'm, uh, what I mean, just because this is the main takeaway, right? So what I want you to walk away with is is peace and rest, knowing that God is moving this forward. I got to depend on God for this. This is all God. And then I want you to have this seriousness. So here's, here's Philippians 2.14. So we just looked at Philippians 2.12 and 13. Well, right after that, right after that, here's what Paul says. Do all things without grumbling or disputing. Okay, there's a command. This is a command of God for you. Now you can walk away without being changed, right? You can uh, be a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word. You can ignore the great authority in the universe. Or you can take this seriously. You can ask yourself, how can I remove grumbling from my life? Do I need to get accountability? Do I need scripture memory? Yes. Do I need, or at least go into scripture. Do I need prayer? Like, how can I actually do this? He said to do it. How can I obey? He said to do it. How can I be serious about obeying? Don't just hear the commands, again, of the great authority of the universe and then just walk away unchanged and disobedient. Be a doer of the word and not a hearer only deceiving yourself. Obey the commands of God falteringly, yes, hanging on to the cross always, but seriously. Do so seriously. You guys tracking? This is making sense. 
All right. Well, we've got a little conclusion now. Let's wrap it up. Sanctification is the holyizing work of God, worked through man with fear and trembling. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we were the church that got this right? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we were the people who were, who were humble and holy? If we were the people who were joyful and serious, at peace in our hearts, but active about getting these things done? Friends, if, if, you, if you have not been even thinking about your sanctification, if this has not been something, of course, you haven't taken an action about because you're not even thinking about it, you're not even praying about it, I just want to encourage you, take some steps today. Start praying that God would make you holy. Pray like Robert Murray McShane. And may the Lord bless you with an even deeper walk with him. And may he be glorified as you will and work for his good pleasure. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, you are so immense. You are so vast. We can do nothing apart from you. And Lord, we ask that you would so bless us that we would strive for holiness, that it would be a priority in our lives, that it would be met with fruit, with success as your spirit works in us. Lord, for those who are disheartened about this, Lord, I pray that you would minister to them and encourage them to keep going. And Father, for those who are just thinking that they can let go and let God and not do anything, Lord, I pray that you would give them seriousness by your spirit. In Jesus' name.